Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Uh, it's great to be with you all this morning. For those who don't know me, I'm Sam. Um, I am privileged to be able to serve the uh, young people of our church. If you uh, are any way related to NOI, whether you be a parent or guardian or a young person or someone who just prays for us, can I just get a cheer? Come on. Amazing. That should have been all of you, so it's all good. I'm excited to get into the Word today. Am I all right to kind of just get straight in? Is that, is that okay? Wonderful. Um, is everyone excited for the big weekend? Yeah? Um, I'm really ready, like really, really ready to be inspired um, for, for the future. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen at New Life. I'm really excited to see how we as a church continue to grow. Um, I'm excited to see what happens in, in all the generations of, of this church. And, and I think the one thing that I, I've been praying about a lot as I've been getting ready for this message today um, has been really trying to set my focus on the here, there, and everywhere. Um, because we say it a lot, and for those who are at the Friends and Partners meeting, we had a lot of fun with that. We, we are focused on not just the here, the, the church building stuff, but there and everywhere, which is you know, where we actually live our lives. Because if, if we actually uh, count our Christian faith as just a thing that exists in these walls, then you know, there's 166 hours of a week that we actually miss out on showing people who Jesus is. And I think that there is a responsibility that we carry to show Jesus to people. So let's, uh, you know, I want to frame this morning, um, this morning's message as not just something that exists here, but I, I hope that I can set something up that we can all take something away that it will impact our there and everywhere. Wherever we go, um, the people that we encounter, uh, the jobs that we work in, and, and the family that we visit. So let's make sure that today we don't just let it stay here. Let's, let's really take it with us as we go. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So here's a verse that um, really inspired me as I started preparing this message. And it jumped out at me. And it's Romans 12, 13, and this is what it says. It's going to come up on the screen. Contribute to the needs of God's people and welcome strangers into your home. See, I love this verse um, because it's really clear that as a church, as a community of people, we need to be people who welcome those who don't know us. We need to welcome people who don't know Jesus. And we have a responsibility to go and, and actively welcome people into this life that we know and that we stand so firmly by. So as we, as we look into the Bible today, can we, can we like hold that really close to us? That we are going to be people who contribute to serving the needs of those around us. And we're going to be people who actively look to welcome people in. That this isn't an exclusive club. So if you've got a Bible with you, um, it's going to come up on the screen, don't worry as well. Um, Turn to Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, and uh, while some people are turning to that, whether that be on their phones or through their Bibles, um, I'm just going to set the scene. There's a man called Saul, and Saul, if you are a follower of Jesus at the time, he wouldn't be your best mate. Um, That's probably a bit of an understatement. I had had a look from Mark then. Um, It was a bit of an understatement. See... If you were a follower of Jesus, he would have made your life incredibly difficult, to say the least. 
You know, like the start of Acts chapter 9, it talks about how Saul is breathing out murderous threats against the church. And, uh, and people were going to be put in prison if they were followers of Jesus. And basically, if you were a follower of Jesus back in those days, you would fear for your life if, if the mention of Saul's name was anywhere in your conversation. Because he wasn't a, n- a nice guy. But then he encounters Jesus on the way to Damascus. And, and he has this incredible moment where his life is changed forever. He has this, this undeniable encounter with Jesus that leaves him blinded temporarily. And nobody really knows what's just happened. And, and they, they end up leading him to Damascus. And he's just a little bit confused and lost. But he knows that his life has changed forever. And then we come to Acts 9, verse 10 onwards. And it says this. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Have you ever been volunteered to do something before you've agreed? (laughs) I kind of feel like that's kind of what's going on. Ananias, like, is... He's got no choice, really, has he? Um, Especially, God's just said, by the way, you're doing this, right? Um, Anyway, we carry on. Verse 13. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. There's so much that I I would love to talk about in this passage. I probably won't be able to get through it all. Um, But I'm just going to pray first, and then we're going to get right into it. God, I thank you that you have brought us all here today. I thank you that you love us, and I thank you that you are here to speak to us right now. And I just ask that as us that wouldn't just stay here, that we would become different for the better because of what you have spoken to us today. Amen. So, my message this morning is called pointing people in the right direction. Pointing people, when we point someone in the right direction, it's often a, a singular moment, and we don't actually know what might happen to that person after we've showed them on their way. But I think especially in church, we, we can often do that. We can point someone towards a next step, or maybe someone comes to, to speak to us, and we point them in a direction, and we might not know where they end up whether that be in that moment or in life generally. But I believe that we have the responsibility to point people in the right direction towards Jesus. Um, And there's so many examples in the Bible. Um, I'm going to give you one for free. In Genesis 37, uh, there's a guy called Joseph. And uh, Joseph is looking for his brothers. And he goes to a random man who's just wandering the streets. Um, And and the guy says, um, oh, by the way, yeah, I think I, I overheard your brothers talking about going to a place called Dothan. Um, and, and that is the last we see of that man. 
right? We don't actually hear about that man at any other point um, in the rest of the Bible. That is his little bit. That's his part of the script, right? And he doesn't probably, well, he probably doesn't know that that is going to be the start of an amazing journey. That, that Joseph's journey, although it was full of, uh, you know, difficult moments, but also like mountaintop experiences, um, it's the start of something incredible. But it all started because one guy pointed Joseph in the right direction and said, oh yeah, I've heard that the people that you're looking for are in Dothan. And, and I think that we can probably catch some of that this morning, and we can take some of that personally, because when we point people in the right direction, we can trust that God is going to do something really good with it. And we might not know what the result is, but we know that God has got it on his agenda to do something good with it. So it's, it's something that I've, I've really been like wrestling with this week. It's something that I've, I've been uh, really thinking deeply about, and I hope that as we keep going through this message today, we can just see like, things that Jesus is trying to say to us about who we need to speak to, what we need to do. Um, but it is really complicated to talk to people about Jesus sometimes, and I think that we can often make it really difficult. And, and I think that one thing that I would hope today is that we all know a little bit more about how to speak to people about Jesus without being weird. And if you've been in church more than five minutes, you might know what I'm talking about. Because sometimes we can talk to each other as Christians, and we use language. I probably have already um, up here that, like, if you said that to someone else outside of church, they would just look at you like you are the, the weirdest person in the world, right? I had a conversation with a Christian the other day, not in this church, so don't worry, I'm not picking on anyone here. And, and I asked them how they were, and they just said, oh, I'm washing the blood. Yeah, what does that mean, right? Uh, imagine, imagine you go to Tesco, right, and the cashier says, how are you? And you go, oh, I'm washing the blood. What does that mean? Can we stop? Surely there is another way to tell people about Jesus without being really weird and without feeling like we're some sort of, like, the population of people that are unreachable. Um, so maybe looking at Acts chapter 9, we might be able to learn a couple of things. And I want to start with this. Can everyone repeat after me? Keep it simple. simple. Amazing. It's so easy to think of the people in our lives that we might come across on a day-to-day basis that we want to share about Jesus with. But we can often find ourselves getting really worked up. You know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I, what if I mess up? What, what if I uh, actually you know, put my foot in it and, and I get it wrong? And then, you know, like, what, what's going to happen? And we overthink it a lot of the time. And before we know it, the moment has passed. And what we see from Acts chapter 9 is a story of how Ananias pointed Saul in the right direction. He pointed Saul in the right direction. But here's a few things Ananias was not told to do. Preach a three-point sermon. Ananias wasn't, yeah, I know. An, we, there's nothing wrong with it, but Ananias wasn't told to do it, right? And he, and he wasn't told to have all the answers. What Ananias was told to do was go and pray. How much more simple can you get as followers of Jesus? God is saying, hey, you don't have to have all the answers. Just go and pray. Go and do something. Ananias was told that Saul needed help. So after a bit of argy-bargy with God, um, Ananias went and he prayed for, for Saul. But in our own contexts, we, we can often get really worked up about sharing about Jesus. And and we overthink it to the point where, where it messes, up, messes our way of thinking up. And sometimes we, we, we get it wrong because we're, we're just trying too hard. 
What do I say? What, what, if I, what if they ask a difficult question that I don't know the answer to? But often it's more like this. Just like Ananias, we see people in need, or maybe someone comes to our minds, um, and that's not just in this place here, but that's wherever we are. And we just have to simply make ourselves available to them. Being available to people is more significant than we might think. You know, we can say all the words in the world. We can put a nice um, update on our social media pages. And, and, you know, we can fill our world with words. But actually, the people that we come across every day often don't remember what we say, but they remember how we make them feel. And, and when, we, you know, when, when people leave a conversation with us, do they feel like we just said loads of stuff and they feel the same? Or do we actually let them know that we are available to them, that they feel like we are people that, that they can trust? We've, you know, we, to them, are people who are available. Growing up, I played a lot of rugby. And in rugby, there's a maneuver called the line-out. Um, the line-out is basically where one person throws the ball in and two uh, stacks of big men throw someone up and then you basically try to get the ball um, back to your team. I think I explained that all right. Um, now, what, what you might not know is that each team has a code word or each, each team has got a set of code words because the idea is you want to make it as hard as possible for the other team to get the ball. So, for example, let's say you've got seven men in a line and we want to throw up... Um, man number two. And what we would say is maybe something like, banana, four, orange. And then we just throw it in, right? And if you're not in the team, you have no idea what that means. I was on the team and had no idea what that meant. <laughs> and, and then what you have, honestly, I have no idea, right? And I wasn't the one getting thrown up. But we make it, like, it sometimes it's similar in our faith, right? We make it impossible for other people to know what we're on about, right? We've got all this fancy lingo. We have all these traditions that we do. And none of them are necessarily bad things. But someone looking in on our lives from the outside might think, I have no idea what's going on. How am I ever going to get my way into that community? So when it comes to helping people follow Jesus, I think it has to be different. Let's be available Let's not be an exclusive club. Let's welcome people in. Back to that Romans 12 uh, verse that we read. Let's make ourselves available. Let's welcome people in. But we want to keep it simple so those around us can see what we're about, that we care about people. I think one of the, one of the most flattering things that you can be told as a Christian is, oh, that, that church, they really are, they're great at welcoming people. It's, it's not often, oh, they do a great service, or, you know, their social media page is great. It's, they care about people. We care about people. It shouldn't be complicated. And wouldn't it be really cool if we could take the pressure off ourselves to get it right, and we simply just make ourselves present. We, we, we become people who are just there for people. And that will speak volumes. It will speak more than often <laughs> paragraphs would, would speak. Let's be people who are willing to make ourselves available. See, for Ananias, he went and he prayed. That there wasn't a secret formula or a code word or men getting thrown in the air. Um, I, I believe that keeping it simple will help us in the there and everywhere about sharing about Jesus. 
It's a really, really simple idea. And just like Ananias, we can go, you know, we can be present for people. And, uh, for, you know, we can also, in, in Ananias' case, it was pray. But for us, what is the need of that person? Maybe we need to help someone in need. Maybe there's someone who's going through a rough time and they just need a friend. In the same way that Ananias went and prayed for Saul, what is God saying to us? Make yourself available and help them with what they need help with. Keep it simple. Here's the next thing. You are qualified. You are qualified. Um, As we've already been through, Ananias wasn't told to preach a a three-point sermon or prepare a TED talk. Um, The passage doesn't tell us anything other about Ananias, that that he was just a follower of Jesus. He He was just a believer called Ananias. And I think sometimes when, when we feel like God is saying, I want you to do this, it's very easy to count ourselves out because we're not qualified. I don't know what I'm doing. We, we, we might feel like we don't have it all figured out and that leads us to, to not doing something because actually someone's probably better at it than I am. Maybe we struggle with some bad habits and we think that that's, that's going to discount us from living a life of Jesus. Maybe we're not confident enough. And we're often put in places, you know, wherever you are tomorrow, that that is a place where I believe that God is placing you to encounter people who can encounter Jesus' love, okay? And and sometimes you might be going about your day-to-day life and you just feel this burden. You hear a story about someone who's in need. There's someone who, you know, might just need help. Like, they might have dropped a bag. I don't know. But whatever it is, we have this opportunity to point people in the right direction in a really simple way and we can be encouraged by the example of Ananias because he was just an ordinary follower of Jesus like you and me he wasn't necessarily you know he wasn't potentially the most qualified person in the room even he was just a follower of Jesus and we can do everything that Ananias did we can go we can pray We can make ourselves available to people. We can open our homes. I I love I love the idea when when well I love what it says in in that passage where Ananias goes up to Saul and says, Brother Saul. Like welcoming people in. We we can all do that in whatever that looks like. Maybe you know you you run a club or a sports team, or or maybe there's a there's a group of you who hang out every week, and you know that someone would really benefit from that. Welcome them in. Because that brother Saul moment could mean the world to them. It could, it could point them in a direction that we don't know the result of yet, but God is doing something in that. And, and it's, it's something that, that actually, I, I, don't, I don't need to know the result of that. But I know that I've pointed someone in the right direction with a brother Saul moment. I remember um, I was going to a concert with a few friends a few years ago, and, um, and we didn't have access to a sat-nav or Google Maps or whatever. And... And we got lost, and we, we weren't too far away from where we needed to be. But I, rem- I remember we pulled over to, um, to just this random person walking down the street, just shouted them down, and asked them, hey, do you know where we're going? And luckily for us, he, was, he just said, oh, yeah, just go down there. You, you really, you're really close. Just go down that road, and the further down you go, you will just see it, and you'll be in the right place. Now... Wouldn't it be really awkward if I said to him, look, can you just point us in the right direction? And he went, sorry, not qualified. Right? 
How mad would that be? How crazy would that be? Like, how, how many people would, would we turn away if, if someone pulled up on the, on the road when we were stood there, just going about our own business, and they asked us for the directions, and we just said, sorry, I don't know the, the exact yardage, so I can't tell you, right? It, it's, it seems like a crazy thing for me. We are all qualified. See, when it comes to helping people find and follow Jesus, it's easy to just think we're not, we're not qualified. You know, I, for example, when I was growing up, um, people would often say, oh, just, why don't you just go and speak to that person? We, we kind of made evangelism a bit of a dare. Um, so like, after youth, there would be like, people who used to work across the road, and then like, one of us would go, Sam, day to go speak to that guy and tell him about Jesus. And then, we would, you know, and then we'd have a bit of a thing, and then we'd, we'd agree to do it, and then I'd go over, and then I'd run back, and then, then they'd be like, did you do it? Right? And, and I, I kind of felt like to be serious about telling people about Jesus, I needed to be like th- this mega brainy qualified person who, who really knew everything that I was talking about. But the reality is, God just says, go, make yourself available, because that will do more than you will ever realize. Just pointing someone in the right direction. We could wait for someone else to do it. We could. But maybe this is an opportunity that for, for, for God to grow you as well and to grow me. May, maybe you are thinking of a person who you know needs something and someone else could do it, but why not take this opportunity to grow? Why not take this opportunity to say, I'm going to do that? Because who knows, God's going to do something in that person's life, but God might actually start to do something in my life because saying yes in the small things will often lead to the next thing and the next thing. But sometimes we want the big stuff, but God is saying, hey, I need you to speak to that person. I need you to go and chat to that family. I need you to go and welcome that person in. Maybe that person needs to stay at your house for a weekend. I don't know. But maybe it's an opportunity for us to grow, saying yes in the small things. And it'll grow, and it'll grow. But you are qualified. And whoever has told you that you're not is a liar. Um, because I really believe that God chooses every single one of us to go and to make ourselves available. See, God spoke to Ananias to pray for Saul, not because of his social media following, not because of his social status, but because he was a believer. And in the same way, God wants to grow each of us, and he wants us to step out in faith, knowing that he's got us, he's got a plan, he's got something already worked out. We don't see it yet, but he knows what he's doing. So pointing people in the right direction is something that grows us, and it helps people find Jesus, and we are all qualified to do that. And I think that living for Jesus, here, there, and everywhere, requires us to take that personally. You know, to, to how many people have... Who do I see walking down the street every day who might not know Jesus? I, I've had to challenge myself recently because I kind of came to the conclusion I might not take that personally enough. There are people who need to know Jesus and we have opportunities in, in our day-to-day lives to just be the hands and feet of Jesus to people. Do we take it personally? Is, is church, is following Jesus uh, an us thing? Yes. But also, it's a, it's a, it's a me thing and it's a you thing. And, and when, you know, when we're gathered, that's great. But actually, we're, we're only gathered a few hours a week. 
But for the rest of that week, we don't stop following Jesus. We just do it differently, right? We, we go and make ourselves available to people. We're all qualified to point people towards Jesus. So, I, so the simple response, and, and I feel like it, like it was quite a simple message today. I, don't, I didn't really want to overcomplicate anything. But the response is, say yes. Say yes. Oh, I, I, that, that wasn't like a... a <laughs> say yes. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> See, Ananias had a choice. Although he was kind of volunteered without knowing, um, he, he had a choice. He could have gone or he could have stayed where he was. And if he decided to go, uh, he did decide to go, rather. But it was difficult because of who Saul was. It was difficult. And there are some times where God asks us to do something that is difficult. But Ananias chose to say yes to God, not knowing what would happen, but knowing that he trusted God enough to do it. And if we look at Saul's story, it's amazing. He, his name changes to Paul, um, and, and he leads so many people towards Jesus. He wrote a huge chunk of the Bible. His transformation is incredible. His story is amazing. But it all started when a man called Ananias said, Brother Saul, and prayed for him and pointed him in the right direction. Pointing people in the right direction. So there are some people that I see um, at youth on a Friday who might not be here today. And, and I sometimes feel like there are people who we don't know yet. And some of the people that I get to see is, um, you know, through what I do. But there are people who we come across all the time who they are a brother Saul away from a massive transformation. And we need to take that personally. That, that it's not just a, they'll do it. I'll wait for someone more qualified. No, it's, it's I'm going to say yes, because that person that I am in contact with right now is a brother soul moment away from an amazing future. And the response is, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Your yes is significant. You know, us saying yes in small ways can lead to so many other things. And God can do more with our yes than we realize. Again, like the, the guy that I mentioned at the start in Genesis 37 points Joseph to Dothan. That's his bit. God can do so much more than we realize with the, with the small part that we play. And just because we say yes doesn't mean we have all the answers. But it's pointing people in the right direction. And when we choose to point people in the right direction, we don't know what that will lead to. But God will do something great because that's what he does. So what does, that, what does it look like? to point people in the right direction. Maybe there's a neighbor that you see every week because you, um, you put the bins out at the same time and you've never said a word to them. M maybe God has given you the opportunity to open up a conversation with them, to invite them around for a, for a cup of tea, to, you know, just to build a friendship because maybe that's what they need. God has placed you where you are for a reason. Maybe um, there's a friend that comes to your mind. Just send him a message. Hey, I was praying the other day, um, and you came to my mind, and I just wondered if there was anything you'd like me to pray for. That would take 30 seconds. But you're making yourself available to someone. 
maybe you've got a friend who, you, who's kind of, they've become a bit less conversational recently. Maybe you just need to ask them how they're doing. Maybe go round to their house, knock on their door, and have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone to, to show them that you care. You care enough just to, just to go and see how they're doing. Maybe you want to invite someone round for a meal. Maybe you want to, to join a club and invite people along with you. Maybe you want to be kind to the person waiting on your table at a restaurant, even if things aren't the best. Right? Even if things aren't 100% perfect, are we still going to be kind to the person who's bringing us that meal? Are we still going to be kind to that person who's worked all day? Or, or, or are we going to do the opposite? How are we treating people? How are we making an opportunity through the way that we interact with people for Jesus to invade that conversation? Are we generous to people? That doesn't just mean financially. That, you know, are, are you generous with your time? Are you generous? There are so many other things that we can do to point people in the right direction, but often they are moments that we invite Jesus into so that we can point someone to him. And it doesn't take a master's degree. It, it, do, it doesn't take all the know-how. It just takes us with, with, the, with the decision just to say yes. I'm going to say yes because I take it personally that that person doesn't know Jesus. It all comes down to us saying yes, to being available for people asking God to meet with us and, and work through us as we help that person, as we show that person that we care. It's a really simple idea, and, and I've probably gone on way too long about the same things, but it's really important to me because what, you know, this simple thing of just making ourselves available to people, we don't know what will happen as a result of that conversation or, or that moment, but God does, and it's never wasted. So I would love to encourage each of you um, as we go into communion in a second, and, and I'm just going to invite the rest of the band up, um, I'd love to pray for us, and I want us all to take it personally. And, and the words that, that we're going to pray, they, they're bold prayers. They're asking God to do something in us that we might not feel ready for, but you are qualified. Because God wants to do something in your life and my life that we might not be able to see yet, but God knows what he's doing. God knows exactly what he's doing. So I'm going to pray that we're going to have the, comfort, uh, the courage to step out of our comfort zones and point people towards Jesus through the way that we live and how we treat people. So if you want to join in with me, that would be great. Maybe you want to close your eyes. God, I thank you that you can take something as small as a yes and do something amazing with it. Thank you that you call us qualified to share about you. And I pray for everybody in this room, including me, that we could all have the confidence to take a step of faith to show your love to those around us. Bring people to our minds who need to know you, who need support, who need guidance, who need pointing in the right direction. Help us point them towards you. Help us make ourselves available in everything that we do for, for your love to shine through our lives so that people can see you in everything that we get up to. And I pray that you would help us keep it simple. Help us get, get over the, the overcomplication of, of sometimes what we think it is to share about you. Help us share your love simply and honestly. 
And finally, God, I pray for opportunities this week that that we would see them so loud and clear that that it would be an opportunity for people to to meet with you. It would be an opportunity for people to to know you more, to start a journey that they don't even know is going to happen yet. So God, I ask that you would be with us and that you would have your way and that you would continue to do amazing things in our lives. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.